Yeah. Off the call out culture. You can see us now. And you know what we look like. Where we wear our pajamas and stuff. Okay. I'm Alaska. Even though it says, oh, let me fix my name. I just realized. <laughs> Still has me as. The funny shit, I went back into work the other day and jumped <laughs> back on here. And they're like, who's Alaska? I was like, oh, my bad. <laughs> That's, that's that's my yeah. my fortune, Dave. <laughs> so, um, just start, you know, go. You can go right into states with it, people. Like, oh. Yeah, I was just like, yeah, I did a rap podcast the other night. Uh, that's my rap name, and now you know. There you go. Yeah. Well, they you don't see me. Yeah. They be like, uh, Bayou. What's your name? You know. Yeah. Definitely. Cool. Yeah, I mean, they already knew I was a rapper, so. Wow. I try to hold out as long as possible these days. I just, because I mean, you know, I don't like yeah. talking about it. So unless you directly ask me, you figure it out. I'm not going to be like, hey, guys, I used to. It was one yeah. job, like people's shows and kind of blended in and it didn't work. Yeah, I, I started doing it because I had all these like pre-rap, like pre-professional rapper jobs mm. and then post-professional rapper jobs. Right. And every time I tried to go back, like I'd apply for a job, and they're like, "Well, we need references from these other jobs." Uh, I'm like, well, I can't get references from LP. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I can't get references from Def Jokes because it doesn't exist. I don't know anybody at those old from those old positions anymore. Where they are, how to find them? Indeed. And like, you know, 15 years since I worked there, so I just basically took it off my resume altogether, and just put from like when I graduated college until 2009, I was a full-time musician. Nice. And then, then that conversation comes up. What kind of music did you make? Uh, and I'm like, I was a vocalist. What kind of vocals? Uh, <laughs> and that's why I didn't get this person. Never assistant. tell him you're a rapper. Yeah. He said, Oh, I'm gonna look up your stuff. I said, Oh yeah, go right ahead. Yeah. Right, Tosh is out. I don't know. Tosh. Tosh usually doesn't get me hired by most white women to be their personal digital assistants. <laughs> oh, she never. She didn't like that. That that lady. I, yeah, but I'm guessing if she found anything. When she interviewed me, if she found any of my current music, she probably, especially maybe videos, or singles or something. It's a hard pass. Yeah. There you go. It's gotten me some job before. I think it was Summer Stoop, the guy you didn't get you the job. Summer Stoop. Most definitely. And I'm just on the hook. That shit was awesome. Yeah. All right, what are we talking about tonight, fellas? Well, it's kind of, we're going to start by talking about uh, Jay Electronica. Yes. Um, I know you're probably all sick of talking about Jay Electronic. We're getting mm-hmm. to this a little late, but it's sort of a concept that we, amongst ourselves, we've been talking about it lately. And it's like rappers who don't release music. <laughs> um, I mean, I think that's sort of like where this is going, right? Oh, Castro's got a lot to say. Yeah. So, I mean, we can start with Jay Electronica because, like, we all know the story. Dropped Exhibit C. Mm-hmm. was the hottest shit that ever happened. And yep. then he dropped one song a year for the next 15 years <laughs> and then dropped a record that's half Jay-Z. Correct. And kind of poorly mixed. It's, uh, it's very strange mix. Yeah. But, um, you know, and people have a lot of feelings about it. Yeah. About Jay Electronica. Oh, um, and real quick, before we even get on, on all that shit, because people might be listening and watching for the first fucking time. There's Alaska down there. He said, what's up? Oh, right. I'm sorry. Hey, no no doubt, man. Hey, I'm always thinking of new people out there, people like the show. 
Uh, I'm Zilla Rocca from the Universal Landing Place of of uh, your favorite South Philly basement. I have uh, kids' toys. I got recording equipment. I got a lot of toilet paper. I got a huge thing of toilet paper. I'm not selling it. This is all me. So that's what's up, Wrecking Crew. Castro, if you want. I'm sorry. What's up? I'm Curly Castro. I'm old, so it's going to show sometimes. Uh, One half a shrapnel, one fourth a Wrecking Crew. Um, And I release music. Um, I don't. I release music. I don't release excuses. So, ooh, ooh, fire! You know, I actually had a line about excuses that I was just fucking around with in my head. What was the day? It's like you can't make money off making excuses, something like that. The the one uh, Dave said that joint on the the getaway joint where they they sample Wu Tang Forever, where Dave says, "See, I don't buy rap nor excuses." (laughs) Nice. Look, I'm trying to, you know, single anybody out or vilify them, but like, I don't know. I'm a single black man, grew up in New York, live in Philadelphia. I work from time to time. And I release music. I got bills like everybody else. I don't have any children, but I have currently six animals staying in my house. Those um, six equal one child. If you have six animals, that is one child. Like, look, look I, I could bleed into two because I look, and there ain't no food left. And I'm just, you know, I'm used to my routine of my two cats. That's usually what I have. And I have six animals in here right now. And so, like, I reach for the, you know, you reach for the, reach, you know, I keep it up in the shelf up there, and I reach, and I keep the bag in there, reach into the bag, and I usually just grab a handful. That's usually the portion is a handful for all of them. Ain't well, I, I can picture like I'm picturing you like in the scene with fucking Ace Ventura in his apartment. He says, "Come to me, my friends." So like a raccoon jumps out, a parakeet. <laughs> what comes out of the toilet? How about the laundry? Yeah, the otter. Otter comes out of the toilet. One yeah, thing comes out of the, the the dryer. But I mean, it's my life. I love it. I'm you know I'm I'm a starving artist incarnate. I don't care. Yo, that that was that was Uncle Tio. I hear him in there, Ventura. I hear him scratch it around. That's Uncle Tio. <laughs> From Breaking Bad Soul. Long story short. Go ahead, snoop around. <laughs> I do my best. I go into debt. I get credit cards to release albums. Like, whatever. Like, some albums make money, some don't. My, and the monetary is not the point. It's just, if there's really a reason why you can't drop it, so be it. But usually, there's really no fucking reason. When... The year is 2020. There's a lot of things that are way easier. Like, I can get an old man on you. I can get, I used to record in showers and the computers would crash. I had to do the whole song over again. I used to record on tape. No mistakes. One take in it. Yeah. Like, there's a lot more obstacles. Like, me and, Z- me and Zilla were talking about, you know, I'm just giving the preliminaries. I remember making press packs. Yeah. Um, and you have to spend some money on them to make some type of impression. And we, we tried to cut course, whatever, but I remember we had a black, glossy folder, if y'all remember those, mm-hmm. like a little paint on it. You open it up, it had the um, slots that you put your business card in. You had to get cards made up. You yeah. had to get your, your one sheet taken. If anybody doesn't know, one sheet is just a primary eight by 11 picture, it's black and white. It's usually either a bust or a full, full grown picture. If it's a group, both of y'all gotta be in there. 
your um, name at the bottom, if it's logoized, might have to be on there. Yep, that's the picture. Then your one sheet, which is your one info, with your technical info at the bottom, open for at the bottom and all this stuff. Like you're selling yourself. So the point I'm trying to make is you used to put these packs together with a CD in there with material on it. And you used to send these things out. Yeah. And you might not even get a response. You yeah. won't even get a, a letterhead back to, oh, we got it. We, You don't know. You're sending these things out to the ether. So my point is, nowadays, um, these things are way more attainable. Legit reasons within the, the um, manufacturing chain of making making music and making CDs and, and vinyl. A lot of that is, 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 a lot of that has been reduced and made more simple by the digital advent, you know, tech and all that shit. Yeah. So the reasons has to be something else. It has to be something else. You can't tell me. There it is. You can't tell me it's this, that, and the third when, when this and that, they don't, they're not in the way anymore. You're just dealing with the third and shit. So sometimes, and this is what the, you know, title episode could be or the, the undertitle is, rappers get in their own way. Rappers get in their own way. They find reasons. I mean, it's Brian Wilson. I mean, it's not even just rappers, but I feel I mean, like because this is our field. Like we know, we know of cats more often than maybe like, like, like what's that one band uh, that you think sucks, Alaska? My Bloody Valentine. Oh yeah, they blow. They were like they were like eighteen years between records. Yeah, but the thing is, at least they released a record, right? Like the follow-up one. The third one? Because the second one was the one that went with Crazy Over. I don't know. I mean, but they, they have like a history of releasing records. Like, I get right. a group not releasing records. Right. There's shit that happens within a group. Yes. But it's the and way you the way you update us within that process. Yeah. If you have a whole bunch of excuses and woe is me's and the industry and the stay of reason and mm-hmm. white man and all that shit. Or if you're just telling me, yo, my studio burnt down. I'm going to be out of commission for six months. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, you be honest with me. I hit a pretty yeah. big block. I got half the record done. In the meanwhile, I'll give you this EP or mm-hmm. take this and shit like that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of ways to compromise mitigating situations and shit like that. But, you know, I got a, um, I got a line. It's like, um, what does it say? Um, like rappers calling Mayday, but all I hear is the hearsay and shit like that. That's, mm. I'm just hearing this. It just sounds like a bunch of noise. I mean, I don't care. You know what? Fuck that, man. I don't care. Like people like the pot on. I ain't got no. I don't got no sympathy for nobody. I didn't spent so much money on this shit. I done did shit. I done lost friends. I done gained friends. Lost girls. Gained girls. Get the fuck out of here, man. I don't want to hear that shit, man. If a brother like me can release music, then you can too. I don't know. That it, it's as simple as I can say it. Anything else is fucking confetti, man. You, you're fucking lying and you're fucking lying. Let me tell you about these fucking lies, man. You want to talk about? <laughs> Go shit. off, Castro. Go oh, off. This is early. This is good. Problems and oh, I'm, 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 I need to fix my seat. Hold on. Uh, can you donate this? And uh, you know, <laughs> I can, I can, I guess I you. Up. yo, man, yo, fuck that, man. I don't owe studios thousands of dollars. Oh, let me. A thousand dollars at time. I've owed hundreds of dollars. I, I got money out there. I, I pay my down payments. I owe balances. Get the fuck out of here, man. I'm not trying to fucking hear that shit, man. I'm not trying to hear that, man. And if and if it's a big problem, then write a fucking song about it and put it on the fucking album. If it's that big a fucking problem. Get the fuck out of here, man. Here's the part I wanted. I wanted to throw in, in the mix. So I got a fucking deal. 
I gotta waste my energy dealing with y'all excuses. That's exhausting. <laughs> here's here's the point I don't get. So we we all knew the hurdles of like, you know, waiting for a, a producer to send something or having to go to someone's crib to actually get the song or someone bouncing on a dad or get a cassette copy and you know, like all the things that used to be in place. So that's all gone, right? But the thing that's scariest, and I and this tie does tie into the J Electronica album. He doesn't sound as good or better than he did 10, 12 years ago. No. Like and what was the hiatus for? Say that again? What was the hiatus for? Right. Like, so the, I think me and Alaska have talked about this at random points via text or, or on the show or I forget when. But this new model of always working and always grinding and always cranking out records, at least from a rap point of view. Um, I think it's dope because it keeps you in a space of always working. And yeah. I, like Jay elect, like, yo, I can never make a song as good as exhibit a or C or eternal sunshine or bitches and drugs or all the songs I've been playing from this dude since like my first iPhone. Um, but you can hear him taking long breaks and you can hear Jay-Z not taking breaks on that record. Yeah. And and Jay-Z, how many how many more songs and records he put out in his life compared to Jay? Like six hundred more songs? Yeah. yeah. And so I, I just think like it's and some people are like, oh I can't keep up with all these things from these people. Okay, cool. But having like the old model of like you come out in two thousand, your next record is two thousand three or two thousand four, your next record is two thousand seven something like that. It's like... When you take the Sade hiatus, I want to hear Sade results. Or D'Angelo. Yeah. Or D'Angelo results. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A few so apples. To make a record, I want to hear Black Messiah after Voodoo, mm -hmm. after Brown Sugar. Like, this is yeah. incredible pieces of work. Mm -hmm. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Or even Portishead. I mean, Portishead third came out 10, 11 years after the second album. And... Whatever day of the week it is, I could I could agree either one of them is their best album. So you're talking what 94, 95, 97, 2008. If you earn that, if you earn that time that it takes, I give you that. Right, right. When you earn it, I'm not expecting this record from you for another five years. I'm not even looking for it. Yeah. But but it, the other thing about Jay Elect is um, he's leaving crumbs on some Hansel and Gretel shit. He dropped a single here and a single there, and he but he admitted it. He said he he seemed like the single route worked a lot better for him. Yeah, but don't tease the album. Don't drop a track list. Don't say, yeah. you know, or or in modern times, track list was years ago. Modern times, don't say I'm gonna drop my album and Jayla drops his album mm -hmm. because people are saying that as a joke. Right. Now yeah. I'm waiting for punchline. He dropped his shit. Where your mm -hmm. shit at? Where your shit at? Where your but shit at? I think I think, and I don't know if this is a case with Jay Electronica or not because I don't know the man, but I know that we all know dudes that claim to be artists, writers, rappers, uh, you know, singer-songwriters, comedians, right. who, like, claim that as who they are and what their job is or what they're all about that never practice that art form. Hmm. And it's almost like an excuse so they don't have to, like, grow up. It's like some real Peter Pan syndrome bullshit. Practice. Like, I could, I could, you know, just be a fucking loser. Sorry, I need to clarify for yeah. me. When you practice, like, you mean actually go out and do it or practice amongst themselves to work on it? No, no, actually uh, be a practitioner of. Thank you. You know, so it's like, it's just an excuse to be a fucking loser, right? 
it's, it's a way to like kind of self-aggrandize yourself in this vision of like I'm the tortured artist man you don't understand what it's like for me because I'm like I have this art and it's just pouring inside pouring like it's dying to get out and I just have to get it out and like one of these days once I get it out it's gonna change everything but it's like go fuck a bag groceries and shut the fuck up because when it does come out and you and you great you you place this atlas world weight on it and it's gonna yeah. change you finally get out what do you do when you drop it and it doesn't do shit yeah are you, you done put, you, you put a level of preciousness on the work that it has to be the fucking ultimate thing whereas if you're constantly releasing stuff you allow yourself the freedom to be creative and be innovative i put it like this all of the painters and artists i know yeah you know two years to draw a picture or paint a picture or, nope. or paint a picture. No. They don't take yeah. two years to clean paintings. They might have a whole bunch of unfinished paintings for a whole year. Yeah. You know, like, I'm talking half the canvas painted, the other half blank, like, I don't mm -hmm. know what to do. But you'll see the work. And that's why I was yeah. asking you to clarify about practitioner, because a lot of these people also don't practice. Oh, yeah, practice. they don't do shit. Practice is a humbling thing. Like, practice is you admitting, I'm not good. Yeah. And not in this way. Meaning, I just need to get better. And yeah. it seems a lot of things people apply to practice. They practice cooking, they practice playing sports. But mm -hmm. it seems sometimes when it comes to music, us rappers, since we're on a low totem pole in terms of musicianship and shit, I just go to stoop. <laughs> what I would love, I ain't gonna lie, I would love a thug ass, hard ass rapper to admit, yeah, you know, I, um, I rehearse about, you know, three times a day and I spend like four hours. Uh, um, every other day, right? Just the same. So, on, on some real shit, like I've said on the pod before, like I'm, I'm not a super duper little Wayne disciple, and I mean, I, I have the Carter, whatever one that is on CD. I think the Carter two. I think I have that one. I bought the the DJ drama dedication joints, which is the hottest thing in the world. And that stretch he did, it's cause he was making ten, fifteen songs a week, every week. And yeah. like built himself up from like a novelty kid dude to a you know hot boy to like a couple of hits, cash money when they when they had the wave to being all of fame. The yeah, and like yeah. I don't I don't listen to anything from that dude. But I, when I was listening at the time, I was like, this guy's like literally a different artist. Yeah, but it just I, came from I'll back. give that'll blow your mind in terms of like when you could see the progression, you know that there's work put in because we know the crap. Yeah, right. pretty much. Well, here's the thing. What skill of any skill that you do, what skill do you get worse at by not, do, by not doing it? I mean, by doing it too much, right? So like any skill you have, if you do it all the time. Like how could you be bad at something if you do it all the time? Yeah, I mean, maybe running because it fucks up your knees after a while. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, and your back. You know, maybe cocaine. Yeah, Gilbert Arenas would over rehab and fuck himself up even more. Yeah, but at, that's a um, that's a sociopath type thing. Like you uh, as I mean, like outside like physical duress, um, like you know, like when like when you're like when I used to power lift, my mm -hmm. my wrist would be fucked up. Um, I would just, like be sore constantly because I would be lifting weights for like an hour and a half for like five six days a week, and uh. Uh, so, but you know, going into that, like it's gonna be pain that comes yeah. with this. Uh, 
what would you do that you're bad at if you do it all the time? Yeah, and I mean, that's the thing too. It's like some people, you know, like that whole we talk about on the show, like, oh, I only work when I'm inspired or I only do things when I'm in that moment catching it. And like a lot of albums we've praised on the show are when people catch that wave yeah. and everything's coming together and they catch it on the, on the out. Everything's right. The right album, mm-hmm. the right features, producer hooks, cover, videos. But even when that, the crap, like when Ghostface hit that wave on Supreme, right? The yeah. follow up was like Bulletproof Wallets, which, like, how do you top perfection? You can't. Yeah. But if you just play Bulletproof Wilds like as a standalone record, not like, okay, this is the follow up. Bulletproof Wilds got the jams on it, man. Like, oh, that's yeah. a, a four mic album. Yeah, pretty Tony you know does I mean? as well. Pretty and Tony. It, actually, Bulletproof Wilds is way better than what was released and shown. Like, yeah, man, like, like yeah. the, the one with all the leaks, you know, yeah. if you put that track listen together, that joint is crazy. And also back then, the timing and uh, like the way Bulletproof Wallace came out, it reminded me of a really good dunk in the dunk contest, but they missed it the first time. Right. Yeah. Yep. Boy, like, oh, shit, you gonna do that? You know what I'm saying? And then they do it again, but they do a little lesser version of it because they mm-hmm. want to make shit like, so, like that. When you play like Maxine's Crazy the Forest, you know, like, uh, what's, I mean, there's just so many great things on there. It's just not as impeccable and pinnacle as Supreme, but it's like, what if he just stopped at Supreme and was like, I don't have any ideas. Yeah. I don't have well, any ideas. I mean, even, even to that analogy of the wave, catching the wave, right? You can't catch the wave if you're not sitting on your surfboard in the ocean ready Water. to paddle when an opportunity comes. Away, you on the beach. Yeah. In there falling and splashing, drowning, goddamn the other fucked up waves that you can't catch. Mm-hmm. Then you catch the big wave because you're out there. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. Like, all right, I'll ask y'all. And I'm I'm, I'm be self-aggrandized. I don't give a hey, fuck. Wait, why, why don't we pause? Why don't we take our first break? Yeah, that's cool. After this break, Curly Castro asked the gang a question. Call F culture. Here you go. Brought to you by Bennigan's. <laughs> <laughs> Is Bennigan still open? I don't know, but if I can figure out how to edit the video, I'm throwing my fucking Bennigan's commercial in there. (laughs) I know you will. Three dollar apps come to Bennigan's for happy hour. Yeah, yeah, this beat in the background here is brought to you by me, Zilla Rock of the Call Out Culture Podcast, Wrecking Crew, and all that good ish. This is off my first beat tape entitled Imaginatively. Don't drop a beat tape, Zilla. It is available now on Bandcamp, $3Pistol.com. It's 12 beats. It's five outs. Five outs. Five clans, five beans, five smackaroos, whatever. Several quarters. I can't count right now. I'm doing a commercial. Check it out on Bandcamp now. First Bandcamp beat tape I ever made. Don't drop a beat tape, Zilla. Get it now. Back to the show. So, All right, we're back. Cash, I got back. a question first. Got my Bennigan's app. Boom, go. If I didn't release the materials that I released before Shrapnel, would Shrapnel be as good? No. Mm. Hard to say. No, the answer is no. Mm. I don't because know. you would not have met the people you've met. True. You would not have had the people that want to work with you because of your prior work experience. Correct. Thank you. You would not know what to do with the opportunity when it came to you. Correct. Yeah. I'm not sure I said this to you before. Remember I said... Um, if you look at Castro's catalog, 
it's always like a snapshot of like his Rolodex at the moment. Yeah. So there's like very like Philly centric, like like Fidel, like well not not Fidel. Um, Winston, you Winston, can go back. Winston's appeal. So Castro is a record for Winston's appeal, which is like a very specific Philly moment in a very specific Philly scene where me and him first connected, and mm-hmm. I was in that scene. So I knew all the players involved in the record, but I, I didn't really get involved until like the very, very end. So when you hear that record, it's like, there's a couple that, you have like Georgia Ann on that one? Is she on? on she is. Georgia Pete on there. On Rust or whatever it is, yeah. So there's a Georgia, it's like, that's, she's like outside of the, of, the, of, the, of the party, but okay. And then when you get to Fidel, it's like, okay, now I hear Blueprint. Now we're, now we're getting down with Blueprint. He's on the record. Small pros on the record. I'm on the record. Because then now your now your network's getting bigger, and then after that, then you start getting into Tosh, and but that that's after the, doing work with Arm and Hammer and Meet and Pram and all that. So now you have Lucid on that record, you have Woods, you have Green. Like mm-hmm. now you get the Shrapnel. Now it's almost all Lucid, and then Green, and then you know Woods and Googie and Canyon. So yeah, it's you're right. It would not have. You would have, you would have been the dick. Alaska's right. If you didn't do those records, and everything showed up with all those beats and prim, you would have been the dude holding the album up for three years. That would have been you. Yeah, right. Yeah, you wouldn't even have known how to write with prim. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be on some like, no, no, trust me, trust me. When when it comes through, I got it, I got it. And then prim then moved on and done two or three other records, not caring. Yeah. Uh, Some of those beats you had to figure out, and if I didn't have experience with Elusive. Seriously, even though yeah. I didn't have to like, tap into Lucid or ass or rap like him, if I didn't have experience with his beats or know what to expect, I would have just been sitting there. Because me and Prem were sitting there with the beats when we first got him anyway. <laughs> Yo, I said to you, how the fuck did you pick the pocket on Ghostface Targaryen? I've heard that so many times. I could never know. Where <laughs> I, no, I, I had to make a choice. For that one particularly, me and Prem both right into it, thinking about it, coming, not coming up with anything, literally. And I had to make a choice. And when I made the choice... In terms of like what the pocket was, I was like, I'm just gonna go like this, because the beat doesn't even lend you to keep it up. No, like no, you have to. So it's also like um, Ghostface Targaryen is a great song, but it's also like um, it's like running hurdles. Once you mm-hmm. figure out how many steps it takes to get to the hurdle, just commit to it, and mm-hmm. then there's no hurdles in front of you, but you still gotta, yeah. you still gonna, I'm gonna. One, two, three, jump. One, two, three, jump. One, or you like know? salsa dancing. It's on the seven. Yeah. You count to seven when you do the salsa but dancing. That's, that's, gonna, that's, a, that's a tutorial for you right there. While the beat <laughs> is like... Um, it's all the sevens. While the beat is like a tornado twister around me and shit. And shit's flying in front of my head. I'm ducking chairs. I'm still doing my... You know. But anyway. And, and again, but I, I can use that analogy. No matter what's going on, the people that come into my life and leave my life, they always know oh, shit, Castro's working on something. Mm-hmm. Or he's working on a record. You know what I'm saying? When I, when I come out of whatever funks I'm in and I'm working on records, it's just understood. So You know what's the dopest part, too, about this, what we're talking about? If you commit to constantly working, right? Mm-hmm. If So there's the hyper-romanticized, um, publicized people with, like, those standalone records you know, when, when they did touch the wave at the perfect time, like everything came to pass. And you have people that want that. They like, I want to have an Illmatic or a Chronic or yeah. Takes a Nation of Millions. I want that standalone piece that's going to outlive me forever. Like, you know, 
Bob Dylan. Like for me, it'd be like Highway 61 revisited. The Beatles, like Lauren Hill's record, Lauren Hill, right? Whatever. Um, those standalone like records that hit the zone. Everything's at the right place. And yeah. so the people that lust for that, if they can tap into it and hit it, that's great. But everyone we just named, with the exception of Lauren Hill, all has done so many more records after that. Yeah. Like I remember, I probably saw a show somewhere. I remember like an issue at Double XL I bought. And it was like right when Odd Future hit. And I forget what Nas album was coming out, but the cover was like Nas and Tyler, the creator, right? Yeah. And Tyler was like 19 at the time or 20. And like they're interviewing, Tyler's interviewing him for the, the cover story. And it's so weird because imagine like Tyler and Nas in a room. And Tyler's right. like, ah, ah, like jumping up and down, like all fucking frantic, crazy. And Nas like, yeah, you know what I mean? I, I don't really know you like that, but you know what I mean? I heard you're good. Yep. And and so Tyler says to him, yeah, I'm a big fan of yours. My favorite album is Street's Disciple. <laughs> wow. And Nas goes, word? You like that? He's like, yeah, I remember I was 13. I went to Best Buy. My mom let me buy it. And I, I couldn't believe it. It was a double album from you. Right? Amazing. So think about that. There's a whole generation of people that are not – 30s and 40s like Illmatic is the greatest thing in the world oh my so there might be a kid being like yo uh god's son that's just that's just the best album i ever heard yeah you know what i mean like but he gave them more things rather than being like yeah man in 1994 i had it that's all i got but but even back to the point about like the people that caught the wave in the zeitgeist right mm. they only had control over one part of that hmm and it, it was writing that record. Right. Okay. Everything else was the universe lining up. Right. So if you're waiting for the universe to, to line up for you, but you're not doing music or creating records, mm-hmm. you're going to miss that window. So even if you are that once a generation artist, mm-hmm. if you're not actually constantly making music, like Public Enemy was constantly making music. Yep. Bob Dylan was constantly making music. Fucking mm-hmm. Nas was constantly making music. Dre, they all lived they in the studio. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they all lived in the studio. They all Snoop. worked 24-7, right? Like, if you listen to writers talk about writing, mm-hmm. you have to set aside time every day, mm-hmm. every single day to write, even if you write nothing. Mm-hmm. You just have I remember to sit there said it. I think it was Richard it. Price. It was Richard Price or somebody else said it. He was like, the only thing worse than writing is not writing. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. And, and I think you guys all know this too, because I feel like you probably write as much as I write. I write every single day. Oh, not well. Not now. I don't have a commute. I don't, which sucks. I'm stuck. I mean, I, I walk the dog so I could do it. Oh, there you like, go. I'll put on beats and I just walk the dog. I call, so I call Castro I when I take my my quarantine stroll. I call Castro. Yeah, yeah I, I I do all my writing then. Like I I just start doing chores and I just put my headphones. No, I mean, I just finished writing a record while I've been unemployed for six yeah. months. So I mean, that's that's some version of writing, but I can't say I write every day. But I will get into my run. Yeah, but what but, you do is you 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 hit the you hit like that, like the running back seeing the, the small pocket and then be like, okay, when, when I hit this one spot, I'm going 80 yards. Yeah. That's it. Like, that's how you write. You'd be like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep this kind of like driving and driving. Once I hit the Barry Sanders one little spot, gone. Gone. You know what I mean? But it's not like two-yard dash up the middle, three-yard run, minus four-yard run. <laughs> yeah. I don't write in pieces like that much because, I mean, I'll sit. I will stay up to finish the song. Like, yeah. Up. Yeah. I will go to bed. 
to, to the detriment of myself. I had jobs. I wouldn't go to bed before because I just have to, have to because I can't really pick it up again. Mm-hmm. Or if I do, I got to activate it. Like, you know, writing a song in pieces, everybody got to realize you got to be honest with yourself and try to pick it right back up where you left off. Yeah, don't, yeah. don't be in some other space or writing bars that are even better. Like, sometimes writing songs, you can't improve a song that you started because the song's at this level. You can't, all right, put it down, and then next week, you write mm-hmm. it up here. That's weird and shit like that. Yeah, you you got to catch that vibe. I think the thing I was saying about like the the people like the romanticized version of like the the breakthrough record the go-to album I it's what well like last week I did the uh like the flash sale on my album uh no vacation for murder it was was like a six-year anniversary and that record's got like Rock Marcy and Mike Eagle and Castro and Geechee Suede and I just happened to be my band camp, and I was like, I was like, I feel like this time of the year I, I dropped something. I look, I'm like, oh, it's today. How you like that? And so I post like, oh, you know, flash sale today. CDs are ten dollars, and Digi's five, and whatever. So people were, were grabbing it again. I'm like, that's 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 awesome. Um, and Griff, who was on the show on the roundtable, Jason Griff, he was like, yo, this is my favorite album from you. And I've known Griff since like '05 MySpace, mm-hmm. and I was like, word, that's that. I'm like, that's, that's cool, man. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, everybody that I know that's friends of mine or buddies or peers, I don't have like the consensus, like, that's the one. That's the record. Everyone's like, it's this one. No, it's that one. It's this one. It's that one. It's 96 Mattel. Oh, it's you perform rapper. It's Bring Me to Hell Zilla Rock. It's nice. But you wouldn't, have, you wouldn't have that very fan base if you didn't give them a catalog to right. pick. This is what I'm getting at. This is, that's what I'm saying. So, like, I don't have, like, someone like Blue – who's put out 35 records, and I I like a lot of them. But the most people are like, Below the Heavens. Oh, man, Below the Heavens. Because it was that time when it was like, he was making that throwback rap with Exile, and it was like, okay, play a rap, and it came out on like Raucous 50, and, you know, it had everything he wanted, but like, he's done put out 30 records before and after that. But imagine like if he just stopped right then. Like, yep, I got nothing else. Below the heavens, you know what I mean. Or even worse, if he just wrote like two songs and then was like, you know, I didn't find that perfect match. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. You know, saying like, it's like, yeah, I I had to stop because of X, Y, Z. Whatever was stopping me from doing this caused me from doing it. Like how great. With me, it's so polite. Don't be no fucking hip hop tease and shit, man. (laughs) Drop little pieces and shit. Showing a little hip-hop titty and shit like that. Because the one thing these motherfuckers always do is they tease the mother, but they show they pussy a little bit and they put it away. And they're like, oh, no, my mom wouldn't let me date. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, seriously, man. And not even being genuine. It's not like, all right, I'm going to drop some singles and here's an EP. No, it's always like, here's me listening to the second mix of the master. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's enough. Or typing up a little lit. Look, man, I love, do what you do. Whatever the fuck you got to do, but drop the record. Enough is enough. I can't. I'm being honest. We're talking peers and shit. I can't talk to you if you have an issue dropping records. What are we gonna talk about? Yeah. I'm gonna sit there and commiserate with you. Oh man, that's yeah. tough, man. All right, I, I gotta call my label head, or yeah. you know, I, I gotta look at this artwork. What I'm listening to mixes. I'll, I'll talk to you later. Yeah, but they'll also be the first ones to be like, man, you changed. <laughs> it's like yeah you haven't motherfucker you're still the same person you were 10 years ago 
As, but, the, but those are the people, you know what? Like, like those are the people that hit you up. They'll be like, oh, like this joint from you just popped up on my iTunes or on my YouTube. And it'll be something you did 15 years ago. Yeah. Like, oh, that was my jam. The experience <laughs> in the act of dropping records should breed the ability to problem solve. So there's things that you couldn't really figure out three records ago. You kind of know how to do Mm-hmm. And you've done it. I, I tell Z this shit all the time. When you when you sit there and think about, damn, it's worse to think three months ago I should have started this. I would have been three months in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or it's 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 worse to think like that rather than man, I started this shit three months ago. Yeah. Look, I've done it. Period. That's it. Like my dad said, the one thing you can't get back is lost time. Time is really precious, and it's out yeah. there. Yeah. It's right in front of you. It's all. It's out there to be used, though. That's what I'm saying. It's not out there to be. Man, look at that yeah. second. Look at that. Look at that minute hand. It's just going like, like it's just like people have meetings that set other meetings. Yeah, yeah. that's one thing I can't forgive in my life is somebody wasting my time. I'll never forgive that in my life. I'm out with that. Because if you were just honest with me, you didn't have to do all of that running me around. That's my point. Yeah. And and then. Yeah. Being honest with me about, you know, whatever it is we're talking about, you're honest with yourself. If you can see yourself, look, I can't do it, then I'm not expecting it. But no. if you can say that to yourself, then you're gonna keep on doing these platitudes and you're gonna climb up these little ladders, but the door is gonna be locked. You're like, oh shit, yeah. I'm gonna sit here. You're not gonna open the door, the door's not locked. Doors are locked, but you're not gonna open the door, you're just gonna sit there like, damn, door's closed. I, I, think, I think the trait that that what separates the person who is like the one time I, I put something out and then four, four to six years go by and maybe I'll put out another small offering. To me, it, and, and I always try to applaud indie artists for this because we get zero credit, it's just work ethic. Like if you don't have a work ethic, mm-hmm. yeah, you can catch lightning in the bottle at one time. You could touch the zeitgeist. You can have... You're not, you're not a worker. You just can't be it. It's 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 antithetical. You can't be an indie artist without a work ethic. You could be you could be signed to a major label, right. without a, like you can be signed to a major label. But the thing about the major labels is, and we have friends that are like high up in the field. They'll be the first one to say like, "Yo, these people don't do shit. They sit around, fucking smoke weed, look at their phones, and steal shit from each other." He's like, "But you know what? In two three years, they all get shuffled out of room, and a new set comes in." Yep. And they do the thing, whatever that wave is, is ever fucking popping. And the people yep. that keep staying year after year, like one, one of our good buddies, he works a lot with Mike Dean. Mike Dean's in his 50s, came yep. up Houston session musician for like Scarface and UGK. And there he is because he never leaves. When All the good music stuff that's been coming out the last 10, 12 mm-hmm. years, he's, he's never left. He's there right. every day. You know what I mean? So yeah. think about all the dudes Kanye didn't work with that came and went. Showing up is like 95% of success. All day. It's just showing up. That's it. Yeah. But motherfuckers will even, all right, let's say you're not, it's not your A1 thing. You're just pretty good at it. Yeah. But I know motherfuckers that they're pretty good at basketball. They never made the league and they will show up for that Sunday league game, rec league every Sunday. The wife cursing them out. I'm going to play ball. I'm ball in the car. And they're doing that shit for years. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I think there's something to be to be said about value and yeah. hip hop music. And is it worth putting that time into? 
is it worth working on that craft because people don't think it's as complicated and as intricate as it is and so because motherfuckers think they can just do it like you know what i'm saying like whatever like drawing a tic-tac-toe board or whatever that's how they that's how they approach it and they'll I come used to, to work with them yo because i used to work with we we all have dealt with guys like this in the past the guys that are like i know i'm dope i know i can make hot beats whenever i want yeah your, nice. your vocals got real fucked up so my, my bad okay like like the cats that are like i know how i'm i'm just nice on the mic i just got mm-hmm. it my cuts with I'm a DJ, I could just cut whenever. I'm a producer, I could just make something real hot all day. It's a it's a breeze. And those are the dudes that 10 years go by and they have nothing. 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 And these were the dudes when you were younger, you looked up to them and you'd be like, wow, that dude's so nice. And mm-hmm. they had everybody telling them how nice they were because 10, yeah. 15, 20 years ago, there weren't a lot of rappers. Yeah. And you really had to be like really nice. Yep. And have the guts to go rap in front of people or meet another rapper and eye each other up and spit for them and battle them. And like that's that set of person, the guys I used to deal with like that, had no work ethic. They were just like, everyone was like, oh, you're dope. You're just so dope. You're so dope. And they would get like a little look and a real situation would come up and they would fuck it up. And then they'd be like, oh, it's cool because I could just, you know, make a beat in 10 minutes. It's so easy. Oh, I could just write a rhyme. Oh, you know, I can make hooks. Ha ha ha. And versus like a person like Dilla, I, mean, I think it was like Questlove said, it. like Dilla and Pharrell. He's like, the only dudes I know that like wake up at 7 a.m. every day and just make music every day. Like they have an alarm. Mm-hmm. And then those dudes get up who've made every song, every style, everything there is and all right. work all yeah. the time. And you can't be cooler than Pharrell and you can't be more advanced than Dilla. And they didn't care. <laughs> yeah. But that's it's why they are who they are because they did that work. Every day. I remember coming looking at rappers and what we're talking about is the non-glamorous life. Like this yeah. is the, this is the ugly part of it, whatever you want to call it. The guts, you know, like anything when you rip a body open, it looks disgusting. And then that's what we rip a hip hop song. Open. It's, it's mad work to be done. Mad demos to be done. There's another little tip. If you don't edit, you're a fuck boy. And I don't care what level you're talking oh, yeah. about. If you don't edit, you fuck you. That's my yeah. message from Castro. You don't edit, fuck you. You're not, nobody's perfect. Nobody's nope. gonna it right i'm not saying you always have to change something but you change change something oh i don't you know what i'm saying i just give out what i get like fuck you all right like yeah. you know how hard i work a fucking you know what i'm saying you know how many times i'll scrap something and bring it back and then i get the fuck out of here yeah why it's work it's rhythm you gotta I get mean, I've, ahead, I've, I've thrown out entire songs i'm saying it's not good enough it doesn't serve the record it doesn't serve the project it's gone Yep. And then maybe I'll take, you know, a four bar segment here and there, but it's like if you're not if you're not willing to toss something, then you're not really an artist. You're not really about it. You're just somebody who thinks you can rap. Going like, back to Jay Elect for a second, I'd be curious to hear the year whatever, two thousand eleven or two thousand fourteen <laughs> or two thousand sixteen version of the album. That he had, yeah. or, or was working on with Just Blaze and all that shit. The patents of <laughs> right that joint, patents of nobility versus this joint, the written testimony. Which, when you put Shiny Suit Theory on this record that came out six, seven years ago, yeah, and that joint is incredible. It's still mixed very weird, like Jay Z's vocals so, sound really bad, but yeah, the more curated and clean and um, clean and scrubbed version. 
that shit would have been, you know, real boom bap. You know what I'm saying? Beats would have been bigger. This, you know what I'm saying, Z? This seems like a, like something they, they, they know they got to put a museum soon. So they're, you know, making yeah, sure. It just, it just seemed like, like I think I said to you guys is like, it just seemed like Jay-Z was like, yo, play me some joints. And Jay like was playing them. They were all like half finished songs. And Jay-Z was like, yo, give me a week. I'll, I'll, I'll finish this record for you. Cause like the Alchemist beat is the best to me, my favorite beat on a record. But like that, he could have gave Jay like that in 2012. Yeah. Right. Like you, you can't timestamp Alchemist music. You know what I mean? Right. It's not of the era. Versus like a Travis Scott thing that changes in the middle of the song, and then you know, like that's like a year ago, maybe two years. Yeah. Like like when the, when D'Angelo did that Black Messiah joint, like there's some songs in there that are like 10, 12 years old. Yeah. They put on the record. Okay, cool. But this one, it's like, I, I'd be curious to hear now versus how it sounded when they were him and Just Blaze, like, getting busy. Right. Like, riding the incline of all the, the buzz he had and go, Will. And then, but me and Les were talking about yesterday, like, you have to make a decision, like, are you a, a real creator or are you, like, a sometime creator and a consumer? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you have to make that decision. Like, if you just want to be a consumer, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, there's yeah. no problems with being like, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Like, our, yeah. like, Castro, our homie Dave Ghetto. Shouts to Dave. Dave Ghetto is the only rapper I know that has retired yeah. and stayed retired. Yep. He's like, nope, not rhyming. Yeah. Done. I'm good. I'm going to manage. I'm going to go become a teacher. I'm going to start a family. I'm out. I will yeah. not do features. You know, we, we can kick it. That's great. And he's like, I'm just going to be a consumer. I'm going to, like, enjoy it. I'm not going to create anymore. Cool. Yeah. But if I – th- I think Jay Alec, like, had his creator run in his life and was like, yeah, I'm good. But it was like, everyone's like, yeah, but where the fuck is – where is this shit? You know, like I, like we said, I don't think he made Exhibit C being like, this is going to blow the fuck up. I mean, your fans. It sounds like every other song he ever made back then, except the beach just, you know. Amazing. Your fan base is never gonna come to grips with this times in your life where you're not a hip hopper anymore. Yeah. And like when you're not, you know, living, breathing, eating shit, this hip hop. Like sometimes you you're not doing that anymore. When you know you when you're dating billionaire heiresses, right. you know, all right, let me go down to the den and and write with a um you know cool pen, write these couple of bars. No, you know, you're getting fed um foie gras and, and caviar. And, <laughs> You're not even using your hand. When he was dating that chick, you, you think he was using his hands and his arms? No, oh, you, you know, somebody was coming over, feeding him something, doing his nails. Yeah, he's probably got blood boys. Diff, three blood different tools to get it, like, <laughs> different things happening and shit. Like, come on, man. Like, you know, so if you're not even using your hands, the attribute probably set in. He wasn't rapping. You know, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm being funny, but. I mean, think, think about Doom, right? Like, Doom had, you know. The, what's the name days the KMD st- stuff and then he went through the mm-hmm. sub rock stuff and everything else fell apart and then came back and wearing a mask and open mics and all that and then he had his hot ass run like early the 2000s and then you know once you have them big runs like nothing bad will happen being over prolific because everyone's gonna be talking about yeah. it you're gonna have new product out it's gonna pump up your old product right and then after like 05 06 he kind of like dipped off and then he came back with Born Like This and then dipped off. Ever. His and, best ever. Good. Um, cool. And then, um, but then since that, since Born Like This in the last 10 years, like, 
How many albums did he put out? I like nothing. Nothing. But he, he's busy. Uh, but sprinkles. It's been sprinkles. But. Yeah, like he, he did. He did that Zarface record. He'll do like like a lot of like features and clusters. Will be mm-hmm. on his records. Good example of um, staying busy in retirement because that's what we're talking about now. Like Aesop Rock. Yeah. He, he's kind of not verbally saying he's retired, but you know he's off his album schedule. But he drops an EP here. He produces from oh, somebody here. Right. He drops in video here and you know it still keeps him semi-relevant and then he does the malibu ken record and i'm not saying everybody's to follow his model but like you know the boys stay in the studio like so what else yeah. he, he stays in a, in a studio and i'm no drop off i wow. never had at my house i will not have a rig I'm, for the listeners rigs like i won't have i don't have a studio set up i'm a little old school that way i just i just don't now it would increase my efficacy but i like getting up and going to the studio but it doesn't stop my production. So like Z knows, uh, Alaska knows this too, like if I only have but so much time in the studio, I get in there and I get busy. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I get busy. I do not play in the studio because I can play when I'm finished. Stop the clock. Okay. I pay for studio time. So, so yeah. we good? Are you gonna mix that later? All right, stop the clock, boom. All right, now we sitting back rolling up. I might be there another three hours ago. I'm not paying for that. You know, and I, I know people think it's old school, but I pay for studio time because I don't have my own rig. So you need something from me, I need money to pay for the studio. Mm-hmm. And when I get in there, I'm going to use that time wisely. Because what are we playing in it? What are we doing in there anyway to play around? Like if, we, if I don't know, I've never had a budget where I could just be in the studio all day. Mm-hmm. If so, I still think I would go in there prepared. I'm the type that likes to play with house money. So if I had a studio book for a day from a label, I'll still go in there and knock everything out in two hours and then use the, the other eight to come up with some other shit. Right. Like, yeah. there's, there's nothing wrong with being um, productive right. prolific. I'll say yeah. that. It's fears. I know people are second guess themselves, but actually there's nothing wrong with it. Like, so like, all right, the shrapnel record, what's great about it is everybody got different favorite songs. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, there's mad stuff for people to pick from from there. And there's not one song that just blows up. <laughs> Boy. Yo, every 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 write up I see, so uh, every writer has a different joint that they're going to and quote in and spending more of the, the real estate on. And and so that to me, that's my example of then that magnifies out to my catalog. Is a whole bunch of different shit you can get. Like 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 Zilla said, like no vacation for murder. He's dropped mad shit since then, and and mm-hmm. you know in the terms of mad shit, and some people still like that. Some people will like this part. Some people like this song off that. So my point is, it's best to give people a buffet and not like some specialized plate and force them to eat what you give them. Give them a buffet, let them choose what they want, man. The only way you can give somebody is in the the kitchen fucking cooking. That's how you make the food. You gotta be in there fucking cooking. If you doing anything else, if you running your mouth, or you're typing your mouth, you're doing everything but. You're doing everything fucking butt. Like every time yeah. you make it to me, it's like you're not working. Like I'm, I'm like, oh, okay. I think yo, rap, rap and to me, rap is the easiest fucking music in the world to make. It's the easiest shit. It's the easiest shit if you're good at it. If you're not good at it, it's probably difficult. So, do you think that these people are just afraid to admit that they don't want to be rappers anymore? Oh, like they've been building their their personality Ooh. and their identity so heavily on being a rapper. And they let, can't let, admit it publicly. Let, 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 why, why don't we take a Bennigan's timeout? And then okay. we're going to, we're going to, ooh, this is, 
This is the shit right I, I don't I know why you're saying this. Because I don't get it. Because there's one part of it I don't get. Like the whole premise of it. Even. So we'll talk about it when we okay. start. Okay. This break brought to you by Vidal Sassoon. Mm. <laughs> is it hot vodka? oil treatments. Hot oil treatments. Yeah. Vidal. Remember people would say that in songs like Sassoon? Oh, yeah. Like, heard that in bars. I'm more styled as Sassoon. Yeah. Or like, Jordash. Jordan. <laughs> wow. Peace with the guan, it's your man Curly Cashman. Enough with the polite and pleasantries. This is about shrapnel. Me and my partner, Prem Rock, bringing you like heat rocks, falling metal, exploding bombs. Produced by Lucid and Willie Green. Brought to y'all by Backwood Studios. If you don't have it by now, then you missing out. Just when you thought it was safe. One. All right. Back from the break. Cool, we're back. Lance is going to fucking make a lot of people feel uncomfortable. Go. All right. So I have a theory that these people have built their identity on being a rapper for such a long time. And they may not necessarily have any other skill set that they could fall back on. <laughs> you know, they've just been doing like sort of like handyman not even handyman. Just no, put, not even though. You know, like picking up odd jobs here and there to pay bills. Yep. But they're always like, I'm a rapper. I'm a rapper. I'm an artist, mm-hmm. an artiste. But now they're at the point in their life where they don't actually like that anymore. They don't want to be an artiste. They don't want to be a rapper. It's not something that like thrills them or excites them anymore. But they've built this identity for so long and never actually done anything with that identity that they're scared to admit that I'm full of shit. Like, two things. Yeah. If you are a rapper, artist, mm-hmm. form, rapper, short form, sometimes I, I get I get what you're saying, Lance, but then being a rapper, don't you rap? I got like, well, I mean, I get what you're saying, but so it's like to other people, to your family, mm. to your girlfriends, to your high school friends. To your college friends, no, I'm a rapper. Like, what do you do? I, I'm, in, I, you know, work for Mazda selling cars, and I have like a kid, and then I golf on the weekend. What do you do? Oh man, but, you know, I'm just out here doing this music thing. But then here's my question, and, I, and I'm not saying it's disingenuous or anything, but I always ask yeah. this because when I somebody I was just talking to from um, house friends with this dude in college, yeah, and he he said to me, he's like. He said my real name, whatever. He's like, yo, man, you know, he has a nice accent. He's like, you know, you're the only one still doing it, man. And I was like, I'm sitting in my room. Like, yeah, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I know other people are doing little tiny things. But, like, so when 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 you come to this thing, you don't want to step off the, the pedestal of being a rapper. You don't want to step off sure. that stage. What the fuck were you doing in the first place? Why were you doing it in the first place? If you're ready to step off from it, yeah. all of a even if we're not getting girls, we'll yeah. always be yep. having some girls. sort of cachet. Yep. Like I'm saying, like that's like a legitimate thing, I, I think, for some people. Yeah, definitely. It not having to different. get a real job, like just you know, getting people off your back because I'm an artist. If you like, come, why up, you went to college. Why aren't you, you know, teaching? Mm-hmm. Why are you in finance? Because I'm doing music. Difference. If you come <laughs> up being a swimmer and you yeah. made the Olympics one, no, you made the Olympic practice team one time. You didn't make the Olympics. You're never gonna stop swimming. I mean, you must stop sure. right? and training. Training, I know, is yeah. hard, but 
you'll still swim at most swimming. I'm not saying most, but if you can afford it, you'll have a pool at all your residences. From now on, you can just still do your, you see what I'm saying? But but here's the thing with those people, they tried, right? So they, mm. you don't have regrets when you try. Mm-hmm. You never right. regret the things that you, you did. You regret the things you didn't do. Mm-hmm. And those are the tougher things to look at and be like, damn, like if only I did that. So right. they're still like holding on to like this weird idea of like, if I say I'm a rapper, maybe I could still do it. And maybe I didn't waste these 15 years of my life. Mm. But well, I don't want, I don't I have the passion. There's nothing there to make you do it. It's just, you're hanging on to this ghost that you were chasing. But also admitting that it's a waste. And I know you don't mean that, but yeah. I know to say that that's a false positive too. Like why, yeah. why spending time? Like if you spent time on piano or your mom put you in lessons, kind of yeah. hated good at it you did a few recitals and then eventually you get up nobody says oh i wasted 10 years of my life no do that no you don't waste even if you if you just do live shows and you never put out a record you're just out there rapping because you love rapping right you didn't waste you didn't waste it's not a waste i think if you you put out some shit and nobody listens to it it sucks right you can move forward and be like i did it at least right you know i I, I, we've all we've all probably felt this like i when when I was younger, it was all about, you know, rhyming because I loved it. And then rhyming because, like you said, it can impress girls at a house party. And yeah. then rhyming because it was like no one at my job was doing it except yeah, it me, like some someone else. And then rhyming because for me, it was like, oh, I, I could be like the white dude around here. That could like, that could like raise some eyebrows. And then yeah. rhyming because like I didn't really have a career path after I graduated college and was like, all right, well. I get a degree in communications and I could probably just like get signed. And then now 15 years after that, it's like still going and got an EP dropping with Ray West like next week and two records in the can and another one I'm getting artwork for right now. And I have a family and a, and a, and a, and a life and a job. And so I guess it was like, it's like that muscle's been so used to being worked on all the time. Like, I, I don't know what to do if I was like, yeah, just like for the next two years, like, I don't know. Should I just like, you know, listen to music, I guess. Hmm, whatever. Yeah. And the times I, I had to stop was like when my real life kicked in. Like, the first year my son was born, I didn't make any music that year. No. Um, and then to get back into it, it was like I had to get excited to rap and like sit and like write again and have fun and then once I got that routine down with him and my life, I could just, okay, go right back. Like, like anything else, like my time management, I could always figure that out. But what I'm saying is like Castro knows this, all the dudes that were around me in all those different iterations that all dipped, like mm-hmm. they stopped or they're the, the eternal. Yeah, man, it's out my working over the last nine years. When this one drops or these dudes drop something, Nothing happens, and then four years later they come back, drop something, and it, it doesn't match up with the like. It's like, it's like a man <laughs> out of time when you hear these people. Yeah. And and I look at them like, what what has changed in your life? Because we're all getting older, but it's like, we're clearly not going to blow up. We're clearly yeah. not going to be major label rappers like sitting on bread. But it's like, some really cool fucking shit can happen. Like, yeah. like some really fucking. Cool shit. If you just we were on TV last year, we were on TV last year. Like, I'm not been on TV, but we were all the way the 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 the, the circuitous route we took 
as me and Zilla to be on this television. It was period. weird. It was it weird. Was so fucking weird to be on TV and like my whole family like, and and we got bumped because women's soccer was on. So it yep. didn't even air during the daytime in Philly when it was supposed to air. It came on like twelve thirty at night one time. Yeah, yep. studio all day, Fox Studio here in Philly chilling, and it was crazy. And it's like, if you can like, what was that line? Um, that pasta noose line where he says, "It's not about if you can be hot or not. It's about if you can." Be, what's he say? That on, He's pretty uh, much about can you, yeah, can you stand handle the cold? Can you handle yeah. the cold? Yeah. And then that line he says, he's like, he said, we were certified hot to drop to lukewarm. Now we back up in the spot, claiming never been gone. Like, <laughs> even acknowledging, like, we ain't this shit like that. But, yo, yeah. we're fucking daylight. We want to rap. It's yeah. just, and I, I think, like, the level of energy and passion, like, that's corny to say, but, like, if you don't have that, like, Kalaski, you talk about it. When, when you lost that shit, when you were burned out by the industry and jokes ended, like, you actively fucking hated rap. Yes. <laughs> and now you rap more than ever. Yeah. I've <laughs> dropped more, more albums in the last 10 years than I did in the previous 15 years. Like, by, <laughs> I, by threefold. So, how, so what, what, was the, what was the shift then? Um, the shift was, like, I just make music that I like. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I, I love rap music. I've always loved rap music since I was in high school in the 80s. So I've been a fan of rap. I got into doing music. I meant like, you know, going to shows, doing all that shit. All the shit I loved kept me going. And then I got to, to, to jokes. And for a while, I really loved it. But then it turned into doing none of the shit that you loved. Mm-hmm. Right? So it was, it was all the shit that comes with being in an in industry, being, being a touring artist, being in a group that's falling apart. So you have all of those things and everything you're doing, you hate. And then, I don't know, like I, I did some records with my boy Kojo mm-hmm. um, that I really liked. like, cause the, the second Hangar 18 record, it was a compromised record. It, it wasn't yeah, the record that like the original record we had was a much better record. We changed a lot of shit um, because, you know, people were like, and it wasn't like pressure from the label, but they were like, you know, maybe you should try to like have something a little different than your last record. Like the, the version we had was like a movement of the sound of the multi-platinum album yeah. to like, you know, sound of that era. But it was still like the same sort of like, you know, just a lot of like fast rapping, mm-hmm. not necessarily any sort of like depth beyond right. that, like just beyond trying to like rock parties. Um, so we did that and then like we're touring and we're touring with different acts. So we're like, Oh, we should get this person on or we should do a song for this audience and do a song for there. So it's like this record comes out that we compromised and it comes out to like a shrug. People are like, eh, it's a three, you know, like it, it wasn't like, it wasn't even like, I hate this shit, but there was like, you know, a hundred people that were like, this is the best shit ever. Right. Um, it was like, eh, whatever. And that happening, the group breaking up, the label going under, it was just like, I don't really want to fuck with this. So I did two records with Kojo and it was like, these are, these are the things I want to write right now. And it's like, I don't give a fuck if nobody even hears it. I just want to make these records. And then I had my daughter and it was the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there was like a year where there's no time to do anything. Like I couldn't even think because I wasn't sleeping. Right. Um, and then after that, I was just like, I started fucking around. 
like I started doing the things that I loved again. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so now I only do the things I love. Like I don't, I don't want to tour because I don't like being on the road. I don't like being away from my family. Like I don't like crowds of people. <laughs> like I don't mm-hmm. like any of that shit. So I only want to do the things I like. I only want to fuck around with the people I like. I don't want to have to like make any compromises. Like I want to make music. I like music that I'm not hearing anybody make. Mm. Like I want to make the record that I want to hear in my head. Right. And nobody else can make that. Like I'm sure Castro was the same for you. Nobody else can make the record that you want to hear in your head. And I mean, it's be careful what you wish for. Like these people want these, these um, music careers or what, with these high-end labels and know what you're giving up. You yep. know what I mean? I've had great times making music and doing this thing. And some of my, but some of my most arduous times was when I was in the industry model. We weren't signed, but yeah. we were popular in the indie group. We had a live band. We were touring, you know, in spot dates. We were doing all types of shows and shit. And eventually we blew up from the inside for no good yeah. reason. Yeah. Nobody Nobody disliked each other or anything like that. It wasn't nobody stole a girl, stole money. It just was like <laughs> breaking apart from our own expectations, from what we thought we needed to do to keep ascending levels to try to yeah. be not groups, but like we're in that genre. We got a band. What can we do there? How you know? And it was mm-hmm. I don't only tell people that story just because I was like there was times I was pretty miserable. Yeah. Pretty miserable. And now I'm at a time where like even the record I'm working on now. I just do what I want. Mm-hmm. I never, and you know, I never wanted to be a solo artist. Never, never dawned on me. It was never a drive. Never thought it wasn't no um, manager pulling me to the side saying you're better or you're different or whatever like that. I never wanted to do that. But when I finally got to this level and I was able to actually make what I wanted, now some people are gonna like it, some people are not. You know that. You know yeah. that. You know that fifty-fifty. You know that Harvey Dent coin flip and shit. But yeah. at least you can be, you have some integrity. Yeah. And you can stand by your material. Whether y'all like it or not, y'all allow me this space to do this thing I do. Yeah. This is what, the version I'm going to give you. Now, yeah, there's a whole bunch in this little plate. You can pick what you like, you know, in this, yeah. in this cheese plate and shit like that. But, um, but yeah. thing you just said dude, about, because well, all of us used to be in groups and like none of us set out. Alaska, you didn't start as a solo artist, did you? Um, I, I mean, I guess technically I did, but that was just like freestyling with people, you know, but like, right, no, right. I, I mean, I was, I was in hangar 18 by the time we joined Adam's family. Right. Yeah. You yeah. started as you in a group by the time yeah. you started. Yeah. yeah but you, but you were never like, nah, like I'm always just me. Like, oh no, no, never. I mean, I, I did, I did that when, when went away to college. Right. I was like, I'm going to try to do a solo project, but okay. that was like, you know, it wasn't like I wanted to do that. It was like, I need to do something because the dude right. I make music with isn't here, so I'm going to do a solo record. So I, I bring that up to say, when you're in groups, you have that shit of people being like, nah, don't say that. Or like, yeah. why, why do you always say that type of shit? Or no, 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 your hooks are weak. I'm going to do the hook on this song. Or no, 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 these guys are over here popping. We need to do some shit like that. Or like, oh, when we play shows with these folks, the girls go crazy. Like, you have like so many people's agendas, expectations, things happening. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the weirdest thing is like, Cash, what you just saying about like being solo or Alaska, same thing. And I definitely felt it was like, you don't have that people like being next. I remember like this 
is one dude being like, uh, yeah, like, um, yeah, when you, uh, you, you, you know, like you need to like scale back on references. I forget what the fuck it was. And I was like, what? Like, yeah. the fuck are you telling me what to write? And it was yeah. like a manager I had in my group and shit. And then it's just like, it, it's like, it's like when you're, uh, like when, like coaches and shit, uh, and, and sports, they say it's in hockey a lot. Cause hockey coaches get fired to be like the same thing they hire you for is what they fire you for. Mm-hmm. So if you're like the fucking fiery, you know, take no shit, loud mouth dude, two, three years, they fire you because you're the loud, fiery, yeah. take no shit, loud mouth dude. Like that's, yeah. it's and they so hire rare. the exact opposite. And then they'll hire like the players coach who's like, you know, ho-hum, I just give these guys yeah. a lot of freedom. And they're like, nah, see, he's lazy. He doesn't hold him accountable. We got to get this guy out of here. Yeah. It, it's, it's funny. So like to think about going back to our main thing of like Jay Alec blew up because he was doing like five percenter shit with mysticism shit biblical shit regular rhyme and styling Mm -hmm. and like that's all he just kept doing he just he just kept doing that and he was clearly like in his early to mid 30s when that shit hit Mm because he didn't give a fuck and so he just kept doing it kept doing it and then once all these he's not a group but like all these other people puffy just blaze jay-z all these cats you know every industry nas they were all probably being like, yeah, man, that, that shit is hot. Did you ever think, but did you ever think about an R&B song? Yeah. If they, that, that had to have, because he was so high up, it had to have been people saying that type of shit to him. You know, yeah, it, it's cool when you talk about the Illuminati, but yo, what if you talked about Coke this year? Yeah. Because the clips blew up off that Coke rap. What if we mm-hmm. tried? You know what I mean? Like, I, So when you listen to the new record from him, it sounds like everything he was making in 2007. 2009 yeah. that, but that's what i said in the beginning like it just doesn't like go past that which no. is fine like i'm glad he's gonna do what he wants to do sometimes it's amazing sometimes it's kind of like all right but it's yeah. not like i i just feel like like people like griselda like them to be so on some fuck you we are not making club songs yeah like after yeah. all these records and fourth quarter release like mm-hmm. those are some confident dudes that are strong, yeah. but again, they're older. If they were twenty three, they would have been flipping and playing the game. Yeah, you know what I mean. If Wesley well, was twenty four, he'd be making trap shit. I mean, but that could also be the sort of thing like what we were talking about earlier about the people that get to ride that crest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They get to do that because they've been doing this shit and they've been building it, and now when the world is ready for them, they're fucking like full bore, full steam ahead. Yeah. Because that they just have been in practice and doing it. They know exactly what to do. They've taken the time. Like, they never went to another label. They never like went looking for somebody else's affirmations. They're like, we're a self-contained unit. We're doing this shit. And now we're ready for them. The world's ready for them. Yep. And it's like, they're the ones that caught the zeitgeist. Not the motherfucker who put out one song every 10 years. <laughs> they were ready for it. Straight up. This is working, man. I'm excited for the new West Side album. Yeah. It's coming out. Paris. Yep. It'll be better than that Lulu shit. Yeah, well. If, if it's, a, if it's it. as good as uh, Hitler 7 or Sheen Gun, like, I'm set. No, it's going to be really good. He got, I've heard some of the beats. It's going to be really good. I heard that nice. Primo joint. You're not excited for the new Run the Jewels? Zola. Them joints are hot, bro. Them joints, yo. Those, yeah, the shit fire. at the end of um of Ozark, 
I didn't hear that. No, they just play a song at the end. I'm not going to talk about uh, it at okay. all. Anymore. Right. Yeah, but they, the very last episode ends with they a play Jules. Ooh la la. Yeah. Some happens. Play Ooh la la. Yo, that shit is fire. That, that shit, shit is. That, yo, and the Yankee and the Brave Joint. Dun, 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 dun. I'm like, I haven't is. heard that one yet. You didn't hear that joint? Yeah. No. It's, it's, it's out. The Yankee and the Brave. It banged. It's, yo. She the Ellis. She the Ellis. She the Ellis. Uh, Who's that? Helen, the wife. She the Ellis. She wild. Yo, the the Yankee and the Brave joint. It's him doing the fucking like, like the snare from like Poison. Da, 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 oh, like, wow. like that type of shit where it's like, it's like a part of the beat. Da, 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 like him going in that space nice. and them just rapping. I don't think there's a. I think there's a hook. The hook actually sounds like a Hail Mary Mallon joint. You peep that, Castro? The Yankee. Um, on Yankee and the Bray? That sounds like some Hail Mary Mallon. The way yeah. they do their voices and shit. I like that's some Hail Mary Mallon shit. Um Yeah, I, was, I know these two songs make this this album but this right out of these two songs on Run the Jewels Four, it's already better than Run the Jewels Three, the entire thing. Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's it's just it's more I mean, who knows what the record's gonna sound like, but it sounds more East Coast classic L. But I hope that the, the whole album ain't just like these two songs either. Don't do that. It, it, it won't be. He's not that type of. And the other beat I sent, you know, how LP gets on his. I'm gonna make these beats. That's all I'm gonna do, and I'm gonna make seven similar that at all. Anyway, let's take it. Let's take a break, and then let's wrap up. Bomb. Yeah. Yo, what the fuck, man? First of all, fuck Jason Griff. I may be the first rapper in history to hate his own producer, you heard me? Check it, it's your boy, Scorsese Lord Jones. My new album, Dream Team, a Stokely Hathaway joint, is available now. Go to griffxscorsese.bandcamp.com. Pick that up. Zilla Rock on there. Curly Castro on there. Vic Spence on there. Sauce Heist on there. It's fire. Go pick that up. Griffxscorsese.bandcamp.com. Enough said. Stacking chips on record. Crushing every single enemy. Shout out to Alaska. Call out culture. You heard me? And we're back. Wrap up Any edition. final thoughts? Final thoughts. Um, I give the album um six and a half seven. Uh, J Electronica, mm-hmm. and I hope that he's inspired to do a little bit more, little bit more works. Yeah. And um, then you you know call it a day. You're not obligated. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But I would hope he, I would hope that at the at the at the least, you know, I'm not the biggest J cat, but at the least, maybe he could see the support is really true. True and living, and you know, drop a single or EP or whatever, and then vanish. It's all good. But I hope he sees that it's worth putting in some more work and dropping something else for the people. Because okay. it was really a good unifying record. I'm not all head over heels over it, but I, I saw a lot of people talking about it. Mm-hmm. The positive record is not a whole bunch of drug, you know, weirdo talk. You know, yeah. not weird talk, but it's none of all that negative imagery and shit. Not a lot of cursing. Mm-hmm. Production is, is done very well. Features make you know, it's it's worth it. That's what I'm. That, yeah. and that's with this whole episode. I'm trying to tell people like I know I've been spazzing and all that stuff, but like you put that work in, and you drop that shit. It's worth it, man. I don't I don't know what any of my records are gonna do before we press that publish button. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or I'll send it off to the label. But it's worth it when it comes back to you. You you realize all that shit. All the time me and Prem spent working on that record, it was fucking 
worth it. We are, we are, we are more than happy and humble that people even checking for it or digging it, you know? That's, that's my people. Here's, here's my closing thought. For, for the people that, that might listen to this and might be guilty of some of the fucking acid we've been throwing in your face, um, I've been in that space. I know what it's like to spend years on a record and years and years and second guessing it and adding and changing shit and things are changing sonically and the times are changing and you want to go back and fix it and all that. I get it. But the thing that keeps it fresh and fun is like, like the last you probably, I think you said on one of the episodes is like, you write your best shit when your album's done. Yeah. Because all of the shit you're going through conceptually, arranging shit hooks features concepts like all the, the mental activity you're putting into a record whether it's seven songs or 25 like once that's gone you're back to just pure creativity and you're you got that memory and the muscle going of mm-hmm. like oh i'm writing still and so if you're in that rut of on some yeah man you know the my last album came out seven years ago it's got a hit like that one did but I'm so scared and I'm tight and I'm, and I'm, I'm meticulous and I'm overdoing it. It's like, like remember how like Dre did all that detox shit for fucking years? Years. Let's talk. And years and years. And it then was, one day, that Compton shit just came out. Just fucking. Yeah, 70% of that record actually actually came, got released. The it detox? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Most definitely. 50, I mean, 50 to 70%. At least more than half. Half or at least more than half came out. Right. Different right. songs and all that shit. And so I just, I, I just go to, have to say, like, even this JLX shit, there's any patterns in nobility. It's called a written testimony. It's yeah, something right. brand new. So all yeah. I'm just saying is, if you're, if you're an artist that suffers f- from this, like, overthinking or in your own head or everything's got to be fucking perfect, it's like <laughs> nothing's ever going to be perfect. Perfect's the enemy of good, yeah. as I said right before I called in. And like, yo. This shit should be fun. This shit should be a fucking breeze. Yeah, some songs are harder than others. Some beats are trickier than others. I get it. But if it's not that shit, like this should not be pushing boulders up a fucking hill, though. This is rap. It's yeah. supposed to be fun and cool. Yeah. Not every song is all the time, but like if you're not doing that, if you don't feel that way, stop it. Either step the fuck off and get out of the way. Like any new thing, it's just like going from high school to college. It's just like getting a new job or moving to a mm-hmm. new neighborhood, taking your kids to a new school, and you're scared for them and they're scared for you. All of that, all of those anxieties, that's that's part of it. That's that's mm-hmm. it. That's gonna be there. It's never gonna feel, you know, it's hundred percent right. So just ride the wave, like we said. Get get your ass out of the out of that wave. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Zion, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's yeah. it, man. Right. That's it. That's all I want to say. Yeah. I mean, for me, I just say stop being precious, man. Shit ain't that fucking mm. important. You're not fucking Michelangelo. You're not Leonardo da Vinci. And if you are, we're never gonna know because you're just sitting in your fucking house doing. Thank you. They didn't, they didn't act like that. Motherfuckers painted. Fuck out So just do it and be done. Yeah, man. Then go with a sandwich. Yeah. I know some painters. That shit is hard. Ain't yeah. that? waiting for a muse to land, coming flying at the window, land on the shoulder. They gotta pay the bills. They. And covered in paint, all the paintings yeah. I know. But I also it. think about like, like if you're recording something in a digital studio, if you fuck up at the very end, you're like shit, 
you could punch in. You could redo your verse. Nice. You've painted a canvas, hours, days of work, and then you fuck up at the very end. All that lost time. Like, that shit is nice. so crazy to think about. They paint that little black corner, and they fill yeah. that shit in. Like, they don't play. They'll, they'll fix it. I know, yeah. Right. The canvas is, is destroyed, yes, but I just I know a few painters and I, I heard okay. they, go, oh, they go over the man. Get back in there. Alright, so they punch in. Punch in. <laughs> you, you know <laughs> the, you know, the biggest gangsters in the world is the the fucking Buddhist monks that use the sand and they, they go out there with the sand, they have a different colored sand, and they make all this intricate art in like in like a courtyard outside of their temples. And as soon as that shit is done, it's the most elaborate. Be like it'd be like the, the Dharma wheel and the mandalas and all that shit. And then they just fucking blow it away and wipe it away. Nice. And that's it. Because everything's impermanent. It ain't gonna fucking be there forever anyway. That's why. And, that, and that, I know that's another thing about people being gunshot. If you did it once, yeah, look. And this is this is um, call out culture writers talking to other writers. We know once you write some good shit and put it out, you think, oh, man, I'm never going to do that again. I don't have any rhymes. I'm, I, we all felt that way. Like, I don't know how I'm going to write another rhyme in my mm -hmm. life. Everybody's felt that weird. I don't have no more rhymes. I just, when I'm, the muscle memory will kick in. You will write another rhyme. You will make another. It'll be better. It'll be better. It'll, trust yeah. us. All right. So let's end on that positive note. Look at that. See? You give a fuck, man. Alright. Like you guys. Later. Later. Thanks.